0: Hi, this is Dominic Bros from the Metropolitan Water Reclamation District of Greater Chicago. You're
1: listening to 1590 WCGO, Chicago Smart Talk. The Mike Novak show starts in three, two, one, So Hank, if you can close your eyes and imagine a world in which there's a huge vegetable garden in the front of every home in suburban America and there's a multi-billion dollar industry of people taking care of these vegetable gardens and watering them and helping you to harvest the crops. Your food costs go down, you have more vegetables in your diet, we use less oil and gas to transport food. But then one day you decide to rip up your vegetable garden and become the first person in your neighborhood to lay down turf grass. Your neighbors are going to come over and be like, hey, what's the new thing? And you'll be like, that's turf grass and they'll be like, great. Uh, what do you cook it with? And you're like, no, you don't eat it. In short, Hank, your neighbors are going to think you're crazy, partly because they have status quo bias toward this world in which all front yards are composed of vegetable gardens, and partly because they're right.
2: Live from a cul-de-sac somewhere in Evanston, Illinois, it's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. 20 years and counting as Chicago's go-to deep green gardening and environment program. Heard every Sunday morning on Chicago's Smart Talk.
1: Good planets are hard to find Temperate zones and tropic climes True currents and thriving seas Wind blowing, through breathing trees Strong ozone and safe sunshine, will. Good planets are hard
2: to find Good planets are in the main Your questions, comments, and participation are always welcome. Sand. At 847...
1: 847- A new secure line has been opened for communication. 877-711-5611 Now back to American Radio Broadcast.
2: On Facebook and Instagram at the Mike Novak Show and at Mike Now on Twitter. And here they are She's Lean and He's Green Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak.
1: And
3: welcome. Welcome to Social Media 101. <laughs> Actually, this is 102, I believe. Social Media 102. Because Melinda Myers is in the studio. <laughs> and, uh, well, no, 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 no. There's, there's, there's something else I do now. When I say, Melinda Myers is in the studio. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> I've decided that our, uh, our show needs a laugh track.
0: I... I think so and I think this crew is the perfect one to generate the laughter.
3: <laughs> you know what's funny about a laugh track and I say that funny uh, it's funny. When you hear other people laughing, you start to laugh yourself. It's 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 even this is what I I labeled the mild laugh.
4: <laughs>
3: but you st- <laughs> you start laughing. I don't know. I so we're I've decided that uh since Melinda Meyer who's a horticultural queen, uh-huh. queen of all media, <laughs> the problem is she doesn't understand the media she's on, but uh, Exactly.
0: So, I so, needed help. Peggy helped me get this Facebook live thing that's going. That's right. So, so. those <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And my know, lesson for today. <laughs> so I I know a lot of folks
3: listen to us around the country and it's usually on a what we call tape delay even though there's no tape involved anymore. It's yeah. all audio files but uh uh on Sunday mornings in chicago we 're live from nine to eleven a m central time so anytime you want to catch the show live uh you you go to you can go to Facebook live or listen to it streaming at mike dot net or catch it on tune in or, or or any of these the 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 there's and there's so many apps out there I could list all of the apps but when we're on facebook live we have cameras in fact there's uh, peggy's shot is being set up even as we speak um, and so melinda myers came in here and we said well melinda you got to share this live on your own facebook page and she said great
0: and How do I me do the it? Phone? And yeah. I handed Peggy the phone. <laughs> <laughs> and I, thank goodness I didn't need my password. It was loaded. So that was my biggest <laughs> fear. <laughs> I, like, oh, I have 29 passwords. I can't remember them. So you
5: can go to Melinda Myers' Facebook page and watch us live now, too. And you
3: can go to MelindaMyers.com, which is spelled M-Y-E-R-S. Thank you. Get that right. Uh, I know. Let's... Got to, oh, no, no, no way. We do. <laughs>
5: no, no, isn't there a clap? Uh, uh, I've,
3: yeah, I've, I've got one. Wait, uh, let's throw this one in. I'm going to
5: hold up the
0: applause sign Okay, now. oh, okay. <laughs> now, because you're Facebook Live, you will really need that applause sign, so it's going to have to be a reality. <laughs> Can the... Laughter side, <laughs> <laughs> and, and we need
3: the apl- Oh, she's going to do the-, the
0: applause sign. All right, are we ready? Are, you are gonna, we ready? Are
3: you going to hold the applause yep. sign? Oh, wait. All right, go ahead. <laughs> 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 Except it's all washed out. I can see it on one of the... You <laughs> can
5: see it on mine.
3: I don't
6: actually
5: have a... <laughs> yeah, we'll,
6: we'll I don't have a no straight
3: applause. I just have the laughter... laughter with, no, applause. with applause. applause. Uh, we'll have to work
6: on that for bases. next week.
5: okay. <laughs> Uh, Bill Turk, send that
3: to us. And please. if you folks don't know who – see, we've wasted a lot of time already, which is this is the way our show works. But if you don't know Melinda Myers, you should, uh, because she has been doing this a long time, longer than I have, and she actually has an education in it, okay? My my <laughs> background is showbiz. Hers is actually horticulture, and, uh, and she's been up uh, Milwaukee way for many years uh, doing TV, doing radio, doing print, doing columns, doing books. You've got a ton of books out there. What's the latest one? The last one you did? Probably
0: the Midwest uh, Gardener's Handbook.
3: The Midwest Gardener's Handbook. I have a copy of it, forgot to bring it in, but I, oh well. The, I, I well, usually remember to, no. to do that when a guest is here. Well, but...
0: and I didn't bring one to hold up either, so, yeah, so shame on me. Oh, it's oh, my fault, not that's yours. Not good. All right.
3: <laughs> We're talking gardening this morning. Uh, you can give us a call at 877 711 5611. And if you don't, we don't care. <laughs> because we're just going to talk about all the stuff in our own gardens, which is the stuff in your gardens. That's the way it works. Exactly. Uh, and in the Midwest, it's been a weird spring. Uh, so stick around. The Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki and special guest Melinda Myers. Did you have an award-winning garden last year? Yes. Did you actually receive an award? No. Then you didn't enter the Chicago Excellence in Gardening Awards. We partied like it was 2017, which it sort of was. 46 great Chicago gardens in 26 wards were honored, and we're doing it again this year, right now. Go to chicagogardeningawards.org and fill out an application. It's free, and your plot of paradise might be recognized as one of the best in the city. We're looking at ornamental, vegetable, container, and specialized gardens, such as green roofs, walls, and rain gardens, community gardens, and new this year, urban farms. Did I mention it's free and created in part by the Mike Novak Show, Natural Awakenings Chicago, and some other pretty excellent organizations? Go to Chicago Excellence in Gardening Awards on Facebook or ChicagoGardeningAwards.org and get your garden in the game. Is that too aggressive?
5: Have you ever walked into a hair salon and been overwhelmed by the smell of chemicals? Well, that's never going to happen at Organic Roots Eco Salon. They use only the safest, most natural professional hair products available to make sure you get great color results that last and won't harm the environment or you. Their salon products and services are free from ammonia, formaldehyde, and other toxins typically found in hair color perms and keratin smoothing treatments. Organic Roots also offers a complete menu of safe straightening treatments, including the non-toxic,
7: Up to Milwaukee <laughs> to see my baby there. She worked out on Aunt Jones Island. Her aroma was so rare. I love it. It seems
3: the fertilizer is the tantalizer that
8: keeps me coming back for more.
9: <laughs> I got those
7: old Milwaukee, Pack them up, Milwaukee. <laughs>
3: This is somebody who will understand this song better than most people, those old Milwaukee, bag-em-up, millorganite Blues. I have
0: the 45 of this, uh, I have to confess. You do? Oh, that's great. Oh,
3: that's wonderful. A friend of mine uh, who's been listening to the show a long time, well, actually, the photographer, uh, Ron Kapek for uh, Chicagoland Gardening Magazine. Oh, okay. He wrote to me a few months ago and said, have you heard this? You ever heard this song? And he sent me the audio file. Oh,
0: that is great. And I
3: said, "Oh, this is great. I gotta, I gotta." The
0: right <laughs> <Great> opportunity, <laughs> and you need to.
3: And it's and it's important for Melinda because Melorganite's a big sponsor of, of what you do. Exactly, they have been a sponsor of mine in the past. Um, and uh, there and people ask you all the time about Melorganite. No matter where you go, people will ask you questions about Melorganite organic fertilizer. Right. And uh, and I'm always happy to answer them. I've been up to the place. I've seen the, the plant and uh, the process and talked to the scientists there. And you helped me do that. So you set up a lot of those. Things. In fact, you were with me. I
0: was. We got to stand on the roof. Remember, it was a yeah. windy day, but we had a great view of the lake and yeah. Milwaukee.
3: And they are the oldest and the best at doing biosolids in the country.
0: They are. They've been around for over 90 years. They test daily and weekly. So being associated with government gives them, I think, some of the opportunity to ensure that health issue, you know, profits are not the driving force. Mm-hmm. It's about quality and. Well, safety. yeah, because
3: if you if you engage with them in in an adver, uh, advertising relationship, you're dealing with the government. So. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so you I got, didn't know uh, how to say that nicely, but yes, you know. Yeah, you are. Yeah,
3: <laughs> so it's the government paperwork and la di da and all the stuff right. that, that happens with that. But um, yeah, their 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 product is. If correct me if I'm wrong. I think malorganite is the only EPA registered fertilizer in the country.
0: It's a, it, it, that meets the gold standard of the EPA, of the biosolids. And Uh so, but but
3: a lot of fertilizers aren't even regulated.
0: Well, right, exactly. Biosolids are more regulated than anything else. You're absolutely right. right. So, it is regulated and tested, and they meet, they exceed the standards. I was visiting my family, I'm originally from Ohio. Down at Thanksgiving, and my uncle worked for a small community in southern Ohio, and we had talking sewage sludge and biosolids. <laughs> of course, at the, the Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving I, conversation. I so <laughs> I still get invited back, but I've been directed about conversation. <laughs> but you're sitting at the kitty table exactly. now. <laughs> 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 so the day after Thanksgiving, we go to the plant. He takes me, and I meet the folks that are working there, and they're they're looking at me like, "This is what you're doing." You came from, Mil- I said, "Well, I'm from Milwaukee." And they said, and you 're here, and, and I explain why I work with malorganite <gasps> malorganite, you know, and it was like, whoa, they the, <laughs> they are the biosolids you mm-hmm. know managing mm-hmm. and creating a fertilizer it 's an expensive process but
3: but okay, challenge. and and for those folks again listening elsewhere in the country, and you might have heard of malorganite, and a lot of people in the Midwest know what malorganite is. But some people are like you and they, they bow and go, ooh malorganite, And some people go, ooh yes, exactly. Ooh melorganite. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because they're really not sure uh well, actually uh what they do is <laughs> oh, oh,
0: that's a, that's perfect. <laughs> uh, yeah,
3: because they're they're afraid of biosolids and they think that uh, because of where it comes from. And, all right, it's the sewage system, but it is treated within an inch of its life. It is. And, uh, and it's, as you said, the gold standard from the EPA. Uh, If you still trust the EPA, yeah, uh, before, yeah, right, (laughs) and uh, uh, and this is why it's been they've been
0: around for ninety years. There was and and I always tell people, you know, part of why we garden is we control the inputs, and so I'm not going to make you use milorganite. I use milorganite. I'm confident in it. And I was reading some research recently by scientists who said when biosolids are treated correctly, kiln dry. Mm that it is a good alternative and safe. I mean, Milorganite's 85% organic matter. So you're feeding the soil. And what are we going to do with all this stuff is the other question. And how do we safely deal with it? That's always (laughs) my – she's been listening to my talks, okay? All
3: right. right, So that's that's what I I say is that – Okay, have you got a better solution for what you There's, know for
5: seven billion people?
0: Exactly.
3: Instead of reincorporating it back into our our system, right. you know, it's, so it's recycling basically yeah, is exactly. what it is.
0: And I and the other thing I think a lot of municipalities and one thing I'm very proud of is controlling what's going into the water. So mm-hmm. Milorganite works with the Milwaukee Metro Sewage District works with companies and residents trying to encourage rain gardens, rain barrels. There's a new th- system called a Storm Garden, G U A R D, my spelling guard, E N. Ah. And it's a. Wait. Give that a spelling in there. And it's a a huge planter with a water garden, and it collects, I think it's like six times the amount of water of a rain barrel, but it looks pretty. Mm -hmm. So for people with smaller yards or people who may go, rain barrels, not for me, it's a pretty (laughs) option. And we'll have one on display at the Wisconsin State Fair Hmm. where I'll be speaking this summer. So if you're up in the Wisconsin area... Stop by. We've got rain gardens, rain barrels. We'll have this storm garden and some storm
3: cool garden, G U A R D E N. Yeah,
0: and so very cool. And it's exciting because I think we're trying to find options to fit all landscape goals. You know, yeah. we don't all have the same backyard or desire or. I, some people would walk into my yard and go, "Oh, you know, <laughs> I like leaves on the ground and evergreen needles." You know, somebody wanted to get rid of the evergreen needles under their spruce trees, and I'm like, "I'll take them. Yeah. It's yeah, a great me mulch." Too. You yeah. know, I like. <laughs> the are they- you sh- yeah, the neighbors watch me dragging people's
6: leaf bags into my
0: yard. <laughs> my daughter made me do that at night when she was a teenager living at home. Please, and the Christmas trees, Mom? and the Christmas really. trees, yes, <laughs> exactly, dragging them down the alley. Okay,
3: and then you cut up the branches and you throw them in your yard, and and there you go.
0: Exactly. Although, <laughs> okay, okay, here's the confession. Uh, the
3: confe- <laughs> well, the confession is that uh, the, my gangway, uh, nobody's getting through my gangway right now because it's 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 it's, it's my habitat area. <laughs>
0: I Would you like, like me to
5: bring the chipper by someday? <laughs> yes,
3: you, your chipper couldn't handle this. Actually, what I'm going to have to do is call a tree care company and say, "Come on by. I got a lot of stuff for you guys to cut up and just take drag it out of mm-hmm. the gangway because that's where I've piled it for now. I live in the city, folks. I, yeah, I don't it's know. Tough. The back forty is the back forty feet. Okay. And sometimes inches, uh, and and that's what you do in uh, in in an urban area. Sometimes you just pile it up until you can get somebody mm-hmm. to collect it. And I ref- I refuse to throw it away to throw it in the the garbage because it'll end up in a landfill. And I will not do that. I would rather because I know as long as it's sitting in a pile. Uh, in the gangway. It's Habitat. It is
0: Habitat. Mm -hmm. You're right. And I like Peggy's suggestion, do you want me to bring the chipper by? Because I always love when I'm giving talks to say, you know, you've got this, you could rent a chipper and you all rent it for the weekend and go in and chip up your material and then recycle it as mulch. Mm -hmm. And then I said, and if you've been looking for an excuse to buy a chipper, then you buy it and tell your partner, because that may not have wanted you to buy that chipper, honey, I'm doing the right thing. You know, I'm going to help our neighbors. I'm going to be good for the environment. You get your chipper.
3: Here's the the <laughs> problem though with the with the chipper with the home chippers is that they're
0: pretty sm- they're, they're small.
3: You can get like an inch uh, diameter and not much more than that. Um, so if you've got small branches, but you know you've got those big ones. Yeah, you got to get uh, that yeah. the tree care uh, chipper that they've got. And
0: there's some that are like the next size up. Mm-hmm. I don't know how big your chipper is, it's but that'll handle in between. a couple of yeah. inches. I was, mean, not probably Craig's not what you've special. got. It sounds like not what you've got. The no, Christmas what I've tree got. won't take the... the Christmas tree. No.
3: <laughs> the Christmas tree from <laughs> or, two years ago. Or big ago, piles actually.
0: of roots. <laughs> it won't take.
3: <laughs> right, and and that's part of it. And then what happens is. Uh, it The rains come, and they'll wash a lot of that dirt right. off. So at some point, it just becomes all woody material, right. and then you can slam it into the back of a truck. Because a lot of people, a lot of those tree care companies, they say, well, we don't want soil with that.
0: Right, because <laughs> you know, that'll jam up their chipper. Right, exactly.
3: Yeah. So it's, it's not, you know, if you don't have a chipper, if you don't have ready access, it's not the easiest thing in the world to get rid of. Of wood. Your, your wood material. Right. Yeah, the stuff that you trim out of your yard or you rip up a plant. I ripped up a, 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 a five-foot-tall boxwood, it's, and it's still sitting there because, uh, like I said, I refuse to have it go into the landfill.
5: But if you have a spot in the back of your yard, it does make good habitat.
0: Exactly. And uh, so the old days of being a community gardener in the city of Milwaukee, um, we used to use our Christmas trees, anchor them, and use them to train beans on. So they were starting to decompose Uh further. (laughs) And that's, again, you have to have the right neighbors to have your old Christmas tree and have beans climbing up. But it's, you know, again, finding ways to recycle trellises and support for your plants you have a tiny yard like I had. And yeah. so, you know, like you said, if you have the room, even just a little more space or a corner where you can pop that in and create that habitat. You can
3: see my yard on the it's screen like that. It's beautiful, But that's it. That's all I got. And you then know? you have to
0: choose. Do I want a pile of brush or do I want plants? And I'd opt like you did.
3: <laughs> <laughs> right. Just slam it in the gangway. And in my neighborhood, it's actually good because now the gangs can't get in there. I was, was going <laughs> to say
0: security. There's all different yeah, ways. No, no
5: one's going in the back from the alley. Nope.
3: Gonna, not even my kids cat can get through there. So so there you go. Uh, That's Melinda Myers, uh, folks. And uh, if you don't know about Melinda, you should. Um, She does all kinds of horticultural work. And she's what we call in the business now, a garden communicator. Oh,
0: that's right. That's the new thing, right? Exactly. We're we're
3: not garden writers. We're garden communicators. Uh, Are you going to be In Chicago for the uh, Garden Garden. Writers Association uh, show?
0: I am. I am so excited. There's some great tours happening. Um, We'll be able to have access to the Independent Garden Center show. And just to be in Chicago in the summer, you know, I'm so excited. When it's 95 and and
3: 80% 80 humidity. We're not telling
0: the people from California (laughs) that. (laughs) It's
5: going to be one of those amazing Amazing weekends at Navy Pier. Exactly. Gorgeous sunshine,
0: gorgeous perfect. water. It's going to be
3: perfect. It is. Yeah. It's,
0: it's a beautiful place to yeah, be. Yeah, it and. is. And
3: it's fun. And, and the problem we have here is that we do our show on Sunday. The, the, the show uh, at Navy Pier is going to be during the week. Right. And I want to get all, I, all the, the famous garden... Uh, personalities and communicators across the country are going to be here during the middle of the week, so I can't get them on the show on Sunday, so we're trying to figure that out. I'm going to be having some meetings and seeing who I... But we're going to devote Mm -hmm. the whole show to that because, uh, you know, the Garden Writers Association is where all the people who talk about this stuff that you listen to on the radio, you read in your magazines, you read in your books, they're all going to be there.
0: Yeah, it's a great place. It's a great time to come together, learn from each other. And one of the wonderful things is we tour gardens every place we go. And so, you know, you get a taste of gardening around the Mm -hmm. country and the different ideas and styles and meet gardeners and garden mm-hmm. professionals and so chicago has a lot to share i've shot a lot here for great lakes gardener years ago when i worked with uh, pbs doing a garden show and i'm anxious because i haven't really had a chance to tour gardens for about a year here so i'm excited great while we have the opportunity
3: why don't you plug uh, some of the stuff you do the, we were talking before the show about the garden minute and uh and just tell folks some of the stuff you do
0: So one of the things, um, like Mike and Peggy, have done radio in the past and television. And so in the last few years, well, actually, this is our 13th year for Melinda's Garden Moment TV. I know. It's hard to believe. And we're syndicated across the country. And then Melinda's Garden Moment Radio. And they're one-minute, well, 54-second tips. So the stations (laughs) could do their six-minute sell for the spot. But we do tips, um, Mm -hmm. very concentrated tips. So just ideas for you to apply to your garden think about new strategies, pest problems, good plants, just fun things.
3: All right, what's the last tip you did?
0: Oh man, and I'm working ahead in July. I did oya, oya irrigation, which is clay pot irrigation.
3: It's not this is different from oya oy, irrigation. yes.
0: And this is this, this is my bad Spanish pronunciation. My daughter who's bilingual is probably, would be going, "Oh mom, oy. olla, <laughs> olla." <laughs> And it's an old, like, century-old, several-century-old irrigation, They think, from North Africa. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure how the Spanish got in there. And they take clay pots. And, you know, clay terracotta pots, um, they let water move They through. breathe. Yeah. They breathe. Yeah. And so you plug the hole in the bottom or you buy one of these special pots. You sink it in the ground, fill it with water, and put a lid on top. And it slowly mm-hmm. irrigates, and it reduces the amount of water used. And I met a couple. And it gets of, to
3: the root system. It gets
0: to the root system, yeah. not evaporated off the soil surface. So we're we're putting in a sample at the state fair. I'm going to do a, a video, a TV tip on it this summer because I'm really excited. I met a small um, urban gardener, well, farm small farm gardener, and that's what they do. They use that for irrigating their small, you know, it's a couple of acres, and that's what they use to irrigate. That's a I lot know, it's of all pots. pots. That's exactly wow. what I thought, Holy too. Smoke. A lot of pots. But they're very sold on it. They're very green. Um, they do some really cool things. So I, I, I just like to introduce people to new ideas, because you never know when somebody's going to go, oh, that solves my problem, or that, I'm going to give that a try and make a difference.
3: It makes me wonder, though, how long those pots hold on to the water.
0: Well, and I'm I'm going to give it a try this summer. I'm still planting because you know I don't know about you, but I'm I'm still planting. Uh, And I have a rabbit. You have a few things yet. Thank you. I feel much better. (laughs) (laughs) Gee, thanks. Yeah, yeah. Figures. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So I, you know, so supposedly gives you, you know, depending on the weather, because it's sunk in a good week. So we'll have to try it, and depend on how many. You put about three feet apart. Okay. And so, um, and, I,
3: and do they work better for some plants than others?
0: Probably, probably. Oh, those. so you got to figure this out. Well, yeah. I've done a little research. You know, it's like gardening. You do a little research. Yeah,
3: and then you do a little. And then you try it. Yeah. And then
0: you try it again. <laughs> Because you may have failed the first time or were successful for something out of your control.
3: Well, we're going to be breaking here in just a second. But what's been happening in the Midwest, uh, not everywhere, but a lot in this area is not
0: a lack of
3: a lack of rain. Exactly. We've had we had areas around Chicago that had six inches of rain in 24 hours. Um, That's not Houston style, but it's 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 massive. In fact, our meteorologist, Rick DeMaio, will be on later today. And we're already in record territory for the year. Uh, Wettest in term- of
0: the
5: year. Wow.
3: Yeah. Wettest year on record. And uh, it's uh, right not now. even July. And it's,
0: I know. This is scary. It is scary. Okay.
3: So uh, we'll talk about that. So what we'll talk about when we come back is maybe strategies for dealing with too much water. Now, if, if you don't have enough water, you're welcome to, to give us a shout. Uh, you're probably not in this area, but... Uh, please do 877-711-5611 or on Facebook or on Twitter we're, we're going to check all those questions too it's the Mike Novak show with Peggy Malecki and we're, our special guest is Melinda Byers <laughs> <laughs> from boat to doorstep
5: Do you love trees? Do you have a great story to tell about a special tree in your life? The Morton Arboretum and Open Lands have partnered to launch Tremendous Tree Stories, an online collection of stories highlighting people's connections to trees. Submit stories of the trees you cherish, remember from your childhood, or that hold a special meaning for you. Browse their collection and consider sharing your own tree story by visiting tree-stories.org. That's tree-stories.org.
1: If you're looking to invest in an electrical car or truck, make sure to hire a state-licensed electrical contractor. The installation of that charger will require a permit in most municipalities, so make sure to check the ICC website for a certified contractor at icc.illinois.gov. You can also call DNR Services Unlimited. They've been a licensed electrical contractor since 1992. Visit their website at restorethenorthshore.com or give them a call at 847-998-1687. It'll be easy to find someone cheaper, but a
6: lot harder to find someone better. Let's face it, sometimes we overdo physical activity. That's when to give Dr. Bonnie Flaster a call. Dr. Flaster is a chiropractor who treats back and neck pain, but addresses foot, knee, shoulder, and wrist pain too, all with gentle non-force adjustments. And she'll talk to you about your problems and work with you to devise the best treatment strategy. Find health tips at rivernorthwellness.com. Call Dr. Bonnie Flaster at 312-642-7545 and get back to feeling good. You're listening to
7: Weekends on WCGO. Check out our Facebook live stream brought to you in part by our exclusive signage partner, Fast Signs of Lincolnwood. Located at 3450 West Devon Avenue. Visit them on the web at fastsigns.com slash 80.
3: It's Techno Sunday on the Mike Novak Show. <laughs> Techno, kind of. That's
4: not real.
5: This
3: is uh, this is a, a, a mashup of Elvis.
4: Less conversation, oh. more action,
3: uh, this was uh, Elvis versus uh, what is it? XJM or something like that. I forget. It's like like the early aughts of the this century. He did a little. Okay. Uh, mix here. so uh-huh. oh, I love this though. This is a I'm going to uh-huh. just play the whole thing. Okay, okay. welcome. We'll, we'll welcome be back. back next hour. <laughs> hey, after look, we've got ends. my name up there now Ooh. too. How cool.
0: Hey, yeah. how did I show up that in there? And Peggy's name.
5: Peggy's bullet. Hey, woo-hoo.
0: I, and, I can actually
5: photobomb you now. That <laughs> uh, 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 New camera. <laughs> uh, uh,
3: all right, and and when we see my picture.
0: <laughs> oh, the, the laughter begins. The laughter begins.
3: <laughs> okay, uh, welcome back, and uh, uh, we've got Melinda Myers here in the studio, who schlepped all the way from Milwaukee just to be in person, and we love it. We're Me glad too. she's here, and we're talking whatever. I don't know if, if we're getting any Facebook questions, but I got questions for you. Uh, um, and again, you're welcome to call at eight seven 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 one one five six one one. We were talking about too much rain. And what that does to a garden, because everybody knows what happens if you don't have enough rain. You water. Right. You get out there and you water. And that can be really difficult, too, because you know this and I know this, Melinda. Most people have no concept of how much water to put in the ground.
0: And they're afraid to touch the soil. You you know, somebody asked me about moisture meters. And I said, you're carrying the best one around with you is your finger. (laughs) You know, stick your finger in the soil. Dig down. Check out what's happening. Okay, so... If you are doing that what are you looking for you're looking for sopping wet soil damp soil kind of like damp like a sponge that's been wrung, at, wrung out for clay soil mm-hmm. lightly crumbly but slightly moist so you're right yeah. if it's soggy the problem is getting you can't really you can, get the really, water but out that means don't yeah. water that though. means don't add to the problem exactly and yeah. i think sometimes we see wilted plants And we assume it means water. It needs water. But that can be too much water also because Mm -hmm. all those pore spaces that they need the air to help absorb water and nutrients, the plant roots, are filled with water. And so they're basically wilting from drought stress but because there's too much water. So overwatering can look just like Mm underwatering. Yeah. And you know, and well, you know that that's, after. And,
5: oh, go ahead. I was going to say, and then do the leaves start getting kind of yellow, yellow exactly, lighter colors,
0: and can drop off? And so, a couple things I think. One is, hopefully, this isn't going to be a yearly occurrence, but we are getting a lot of significant rain occurrences every year, and you may uh, well, need and, to.
3: And 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 we need to mention this is the classic model. For climate change. Change. Um, Exactly. And uh, it means that places like Chicago in the Midwest, Minneapolis and Cleveland and Dayton and wherever, they're going to get more rain. Other places are going to get less rain. Uh, But here, more... Um,
0: at one oh, time. At one time, yeah. At, that's at what one I was occurrence. Say. And right. then nothing. I 100
3: mean, and 500 year <laughs> events that happen every five years now. That's not good.
0: No. And so I think the other thing is looking at is this happening? Is water collecting in certain places every year? You need to change your garden pattern. Maybe it's time to do a rain garden, not a water garden, but a rain garden where you're capturing mm-hmm. some of that rainwater running off the walks and the the, the roof. And then slowly filtering in. But that's a rain garden. So you want to make sure you do that and not... I
3: I have to show you something now. You guys, you folks can't see this, uh, but I got my phone.
0: Oh, no. Irrigating? No, 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 no. This is my
3: neighbor's yard the other day. (laughs) Okay. This is... Whoops. This is my yard.
0: Okay, so... Look how much better. Yeah, so
3: their their yard was full of standing water because the soil's compacted and they've got a lawn in there. Mine, where I grow stuff, there was no standing water and it all drained. Uh, And that's part of keeping the soil friable, keeping it loose, uh, and and planting things that will absorb the water.
0: Exactly right. So I forget how much by adding organic matter to clay soil a couple of inches, you could increase the absorption ability by 2.5 times or something like that. Mm -hmm. A very incredible amount just by adding organic matter. So if you've got a garden that's failing, work on amending that soil and then replant. Be, so, you've got good coverage. Mulching the soil helps slow mm-hmm. so the infiltration occurs. You know, we talked yeah, People
3: about, think of, uh, of mulch to keep the water in, but it also helps distribute it right. more evenly. More
0: evenly. Trees also absorb and stop some of that water flow. So, you get evaporation, transpiration, and you're slowing the velocity of the water so less runs off into our storm waters as mm-hmm. well. And so, I think it's it's. It's a common thing, and then if you've got a perennial garden that's eh, okay, and you want to improve things, not bad enough. The technical to Technical term over. would be me. me yeah, exactly. Me. Uh. Um, do some vertical mulching, so you know, spreading compost over the soil surface, and then take your auger bit—the ones you often see by bulbs in the fall. All right. Put it on your drill, and then you drill holes. And you're aerating the soil at the same time as you're putting that compost down in the root zone. And so that's a good way if you're like, it's not bad enough to start over, but I do need to fix it.
3: All right. Uh, Our phone number again is 877-711-5611. We do have a question. Okay.
5: And we have a question also in Facebook, but we'll get the phone first. We'll get to
3: the phone first. And Dennis is on the line. Uh, And I know this guy. Uh, Known him for about, I don't know. A few years. A He's few, smiling, few, yeah. so I think that's a good thing. Uh,
8: I'm, I'm smiling, but I, I'm not getting any laughs.
0: Okay. Oh, oh he wants laughter. He
5: wants a laugh. Want <laughs> laughs, dude.
8: There we go. Oh, dear. <laughs> Where's the bad. golf clap? Where's the I golf clap? I have a quick clap? question for uh, Melinda, actually, if you please. Sure, okay. no problem. Okay. Um, I am a novice gardener. This is my uh, Vegetable Garden 3.0. Okay. And... Um, This year, my whole mantra was keep it simple. I just put seeds in the ground instead of using seedlings, and um, it's growing really, really well. However, I do like to purchase the occasional seedling from the farmer's market. My experience uh, to date so far is that 10 to 15% of them die, 25% of them don't really do well. (laughs) What can I do to encourage seedlings to take root and grow? I know that it's very traumatic, but is there anything that I can do?
0: Well, some things are easier than others. So one of the things when you're buying your transplants and carefully take them out of the container, squeeze the cell pack or the pot, slide it out, and look at that root ball. Often it's root bound. Okay. And so you want to gently – I landscaper one time said tease the roots apart and I had visions of their crew going nee 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 <laughs> on the boulevards, you know. <laughs> so gently tease them if you're – <laughs> as a new, as a new gardener it does make you want to laugh it does as a new gardener as you get more experience you get a little more brutal mm-hmm. and just making sure cuz if you don't loosen those roots they won't explore beyond if you buy that huge okay that's good okay uh-huh, uh-huh. so that's and that's a yeah. common mistake and
5: also probably digging the hole big enough so that the roots can explore
0: exactly especially if you have clay soil hopefully you've amended the soil and if your seeds are taking off um, with a tomato, if it's a tall tomato, I know this hurts people, but take the lower leaves off and bury it a little deeper. Roots will form along the stem. And if there are little flowers on there and it looks a little stressed because it's still in the little pot this time of year, I have mm-hmm. a few of those, pinch off those flowers. And then that way the energy okay. goes into root development. Okay. And then okay. you'll get a stronger plant. And that's going to help it. So, you know, with even with annuals, you, you know, it's hard to take those flowers off, mm-hmm. but maybe every other one the first week and then the other ones the next week, and you're going to have a much more compact, well branched plant that's going to give you more blooms throughout. So I know it's really hard to do, and I even have problems doing it. I'm yeah. like,
8: oh. uh, I've had gardener friends come over, and do, uh, they've taught me the tough love. Okay. Oh. <laughs> <I'm excited. laughs> I know I have to do it, mm-hmm. and I know that it works, and all that. So uh, exactly, uh, but uh, yeah, these are uh, both are great uh, pieces of advice. Around. Yeah,
3: you know, uh, I I like the idea of uh, checking the root ball. Not enough people do that. They're afraid to because they feel like. Well, if if I open it up, do I have to buy it then? No. Actually, if, if the root ball, is, if it's a solid mass of roots, it's been sitting in that pot for a long time, and maybe you don't want to touch it, If it's that. grown
5: out the
0: bottom of that little yeah. plastic yeah. pot.
3: Well, you know, and you talk about teasing roots. Sometimes you can't tease them, and if they're growing out the bottom, I rip those off, and then I pull it exactly. out. Exactly. You just have to do yep. that sometimes.
0: And I have a weed knife, one of my favorite tools, and I, it's great for digging weeds, and I use they've got a serrated edge, and I just mm-hmm. slice through that root ball. And I, But that sometimes is that Next that might be four point oh two when you're ready to slice through that root ball. And,
3: and the thing you gotta remember uh, about planting deeper, Dennis, is only with tomato, certain plants. only with certain Thank you. plants. Good and point. tomato tomatoes are okay. That's one of the wonderful things about tomatoes is that you can do that. And if you've got a spindly tomato plant, you just go, no problem. Plant it deep. In fact, you can lay it on its side, and then you just bring up the very top of the plant. And on all those places uh, wow. where, where there are leaves will sprout roots.
0: And if it if it, if you hear a little crack on the stem, don't give up, because I have accidentally bent a little too hard. <laughs> and it and it rooted okay. okay. You don't want to hear that sound, but right. no, don't give up. I've used a
5: stick and duct tape.
0: Okay. <laughs> okay. And the plant has survived.
5: So, uh, I,
3: I
8: oh, Excellent advice. Uh, you know, I'm just learning and all that, but uh, I haven't done the teasing the root and and inspecting enough. <laughs> but I learn every, a little bit every year. We all do. Every year,
0: and so. I, I heard a great yeah. definition of a green thumb, Dennis, and I don't know who said it, but it was someone who plants a lot of plants, kills quite a few along the way, and just doesn't mention their failures. <laughs> so they everyone <laughs> thinks they have a green thumb, so... All right. You're so, on your way. Yeah. You're, I really
8: appreciate it. Thank you so much.
5: Thank well, you, Dennis. Dennis, we
3: appreciate you calling. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Wait. No, he gets the golf clap.
3: <laughs> uh, get, get, can
8: we get, it does make you laugh, though.
3: We're, we're
8: going to give you... <laughs> All right. Thanks again. All right, <laughs> Dennis.
3: Take Dennis. care. And there goes Dennis there with the go. golf clap. All right.
5: So we have another question off Facebook. This is coming from Ron, who we also know.
3: Uh, <laughs> the guy who mows his plants down at the end of every season? <laughs> yes. Okay, Ron.
5: Uh, he says, it looks like powdery mildew is starting
0: already. Is that possible? And what do we do? Oh, yeah. Uh, we've, last year was a great year for powdery mildew because of, believe it or not, it's a problem during droughty years. We've had lots of moisture. And it's not wet leaves that cause it, but high humidity. And so if you've, you know, powdery mildew is out there and everywhere. There are different strains for different plants. So just because your lilac gets it, it's a different strain than your bee bomb. Yes, it's possible. You can live with it. Most perennials and trees and shrubs, they'll look ugly, but they'll survive. Mm -hmm. Do a good cleanup in the fall. Um, But
3: if it starts this early, it's going to be a mess later on.
0: It's going to be a mess. So you can try thinning if it's a perennial. Thin out for better airflow and air circulation. If your cucumbers and your vine crops get it, you might want to use the Cornell Mix, which is baking soda, different kind of versions of it but one or one and a half tablespoons of baking soda horticulture oil or insecticidal soap in a gallon of water and colorado state university or minnesota one of the two has good information that lightweight horticulture oils like summit year-round spray oil that you can use in the summer can give up to 30 days control for mildew hmm.
3: there you go so right. check
0: out the horticulture oils that all right might that's be a melinda solution.
3: Myers, the mike novak show with teggy malecki we'll be right back
5: Do you know that Chicagoans are getting healthier all the time? This is Peggy, and I know this is true because for eight years I've been publishing Natural Awakening, Chicago's greenest and healthiest magazine. And if you want your message to reach this growing market, you need to get your business in front of our readers. Why? Because our advertisers tell us that our targeted readers are committed to improving their health and they're ready to take action. That's more than 80,000 people in Chicago who will respond to your message. They're looking for holistic wellness practitioners, doctors, dentists, nutritionists, health coaches, yoga, even home improvement and landscape experts. Natural Awakenings is a free monthly magazine available in more than 1,100 locations throughout Cook, Lake, and McHenry counties. Call me today to expand your market and grow your business. 847-858-3697. That's 847-858-3697. Natural Awakenings. Feel good. Live simply. Laugh more.
7: I'm meteorologist Rick DeMaio.
3: Bringing a lot of social science into climate change is really important. People who teach climate change now, you have to really get into how it's affecting people, how it's affecting the ability for people to cope, how it's affecting the ability of people to adapt or to mitigate. Stick around for some more insight into weather and climate and how it might be affecting you, your lives, and your garden. On WCGO 1590, Chicago Smart Talk.
5: I've got no
4: roots
3: That's not good for a plant When you've got no, no roots
0: no. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> Then you have I done got something got wrong
3: <laughs> <laughs> Every time I hear this song I think that i, <laughs> I got no roots that's not. See, and Dennis, uh, make sure you check the. Uh, yeah. That the <laughs> hey,
0: where'd they go? That's
5: right. <laughs> the, the, Whoops.
0: Another no,
3: chipmunk. Yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's talk chipmunks, please. <laughs> or not. <laughs> uh,
3: well, let's talk chipmunks. OK, because okay. this is very interesting. Uh, I live in the city and there are a lot of disadvantages to living in the city. One of the advantages for me is I don't see chipmunks. They're not there i don't have rabbits i don't know why i don't have rabbits oh. because they're nearby they're just the rats not, got them. they're not in my neighborhood <laughs> uh yeah, well, I get feral cats because uh, I know because I think well, I have something out there because I think it's making a nest out of my sedges. You know, okay, okay. <laughs> something, something nests in my sedges, and I come out, and the, the sedges are all splayed, and then I oh, there's dear. there's not much you can do about that.
0: My my dad, who grew up on a farm, and animals were you know part of the process. It was food or whatever. And when he got older, and they lived, we lived in the sub. I grew up in the suburbs, and he had a rabbits living in his yard. And I'm like, you're letting them live in your yard? And he goes, oh, they're not eating anything. I think they went to the neighbors and ate. And they left his garden. I'm like, it went who back is and- this man? Well, some
3: people will grow clover uh, just for that purpose.
0: And I had a hosta enthusiast who said that the rabbits would eat the clover instead of their hostas. Now, I'm exactly. not sure I would use that, but I'd still monitor. But hey, if you give them a food source,
3: that's what they need. Yeah, yeah. And if you don't have too many. Uh,
0: that's <laughs> yeah. well, and, and that is a big problem. Chipmunks are
5: Overrunning Ugh. right now, they're just everywhere. And they what, dig what you, everything, right?
3: You, so I'm trying to help Peggy I because I, 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 once a week I will hear
0: a chipmunk story. I hear
5: story, and and she will. They just, took out a tomato,
0: and 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 I have ground squirrels, so not chipmunks, but well, ground same, squirrels. Yeah. You know, they're a little different, but they're still equally as bad. Sometimes, if you can net your plantings early, at least like hanging baskets and containers, <laughs> we'll get to your garden. Sometimes you can get them to go to the neighbors instead, you know, (laughs) or lots of cayenne pepper. They they sometimes do, and cayenne pepper. And there is a commercial, (laughs) and there is a commercial not for cayenne pepper, but for the the neighbors. neighbors. Yeah, yeah.
3: the laugh track was a little late there. Sorry.
0: And scare (laughs) tactics. The problem is when you live in the city in the suburbs, there's nothing going to scare them. I mean, when I was in Milwaukee, I was on a loud street, and I had rabbits because they're like. There's not, you know, car traffic. Oh, the rabbits! The rabbits, the rabbits
3: and... would walk down the street with boom boomboxes on their shoulders, and they...
0: exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. And you know, natural predators—feral cats in the city—that's they take out a lot of songbirds. So I'm not recommending you let your cat out, but your neighbors often do because my neighbors in the city did, and my neighbors in the country. Um, you know, I'm lucky I've hawks and I had mm-hmm. a hawks in the city too. Cooper hawks nesting mm-hmm. in the park. I've only seen
3: one in uh my neighborhood. I'm smack in the middle of Chicago. Okay. okay. So- but one day I'm sitting out on the back porch and I look up on the the pole that's in the alley and it's a wooden, you know, telephone pole. Way at the top, there's some kind of bird, and I go, "Oh, that's interesting! Looks like a raptor." And then suddenly, it s- opens its sw- <laughs> wings and swoops down, grabs a rat out of the neighbor's yard, yes. and just sw- I went. Yay! And if
0: it had a big
5: square tail, it was a Cooper's
3: hawk.
0: Yeah, so, uh, they are the
3: coolest. So I-, I was thinking, we need to train them to do that in the city. That would yes, be a good thing. Well,
0: they- exactly. They'll take out
5: mourning doves, but I've never seen them take out a chipmunk.
0: Yeah, and th- and I rabbits too, and. So it's a it I you know it's so nature. what do you do with
3: her chipmunks? I mean, you just survive. <laughs> well, Is that it?
0: I I know how to. I can't kill them. I know that everybody tells you the drowning technique and oh, you yeah. mean uh, where no. they go oh, up to the... I that, can't. Yeah, yeah. I no, accidentally same, same have, with rat poison and live traps. No, yeah. So it's kind of trying to find a way to coexist, and I don't know how you coexist. Somebody said they fed peanuts and things, but they usually no, then finish a those off exactly. <laughs> Unless you put them by the neighbor's yard. But I think trying to just, anything you can do to discourage them. And I haven't found the magic cure. No. There is a, a animal repellent that uses herbs, Messina Animal Stopper, and uses some herbs. I've had some luck with Plant Skid. Um mm-hmm, trying so to ask it, if if that would work. Yeah. Possibly. Um it did last year when they were digging up my um Yeah, cuz well, cuz they literally dig
5: under the Yes, plants.
0: And if you're doing a raised bed, here's the thing I read after I built my raised beds and they're on the soil, is somebody suggested you put hardware cloth on the bottom and up the sides mm-hmm. and then fill it with your your soil. So at least they can't dig from underneath No, they're just going from the top. But at least they get stuck. And so they (laughs) won't tunnel out. So I think you can help discourage them. It won't be the whole answer. But, you know, now they're not getting you from both sides, which Mm -hmm. they are in my race.
3: And you mentioned some of the products that are out there. And we're talking chipmunks, but it, it applies to rabbits and deer and that sort of thing. And a lot of those products work. From what I hear, though, from the experts is that sometimes you have to mix up your strategies. Oh, That definitely. you can't use the same product over and over and over again because the the animal gets used. They're actually smarter than we are, so they mm-hmm. will figure it out.
0: And the other thing is if you – okay, so you know you have chipmunks or ground squirrels or rabbits are a yearly issue. If you plant and spray, you know, before they start eating, that often is easier than mm-hmm. breaking the habit. Mm-hmm. And you're absolutely right. You need to change your strategies, right. products. Scare tactics, even though they don't usually work, throwing that in as a mix. My neighbor yeah, hung, just banging on the window. Exactly, just I know, screaming at him, <laughs> they look at you, and just yeah. So you're absolutely right. Try different products. Yeah. Monitor for success. You know, rabbits fencing is is the best method, but make sure your gate's secure and it's tight to the ground. I had a woman and she, and, and,
3: and bury and bury, you, bury it, and it. Yes, and then and you you bury yeah. it like six inches and then you point bend it forward. Out, yes, bend it out because yeah. then they, they start yeah. digging. And they and go, Oops.
0: oh, can't yeah. get through. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So it's I mean they have all day to to look at how to eat your garden. All and right. we have
5: thirty <laughs> seconds for one other question.
3: Yeah, because we have, um, we need okay. to prom, ear, promote something for Melinda ear, here
5: earwigs. How to get rid of earwigs without using pesticides because she doesn't want to harm pollinators.
0: And earwigs are actually, they eat codling moth larvae. And in Europe, they have little earwig houses they hang in the orchard. Can't you see the Brits hanging those? So, oh yes, yes. Um, so the, the oh. tube from a uh, paper towel holder sticks straws in it, wrap some packing tape out, lay it on the side. They crawl inside those straws. Put your, and this is disgusting, but in the morning, put your hand on each end, get a bucket of soapy water, and knock them in. Trapping them, crumpled paper under an overturned clay pot—all those things will work, but they're fast. So you need to be faster than them. And they're fast, so, so there, there you go, Val. There's your answer. Uh, uh, and, and, and as you
3: point out, they're nothing simple. Exactly. Okay. They, they they have a purpose. Uh they were talking about this on Mighty House yesterday about the different insects that are out there like wasps and should we just kill wasps? No, because they have a purpose as well. Every insect is do is part of the web here, the food web. Right. And so you there's collateral damage if you just start killing insects exactly. willy-nilly. So the best thing you can do is read about them. So if you look at as you're saying earwigs and say, Oh my goodness, they actually have a purpose. They do this. Maybe that's more important than my plan. having
0: holes in your clematis leaf. Right? Yeah, and
3: most of, a lot of it's just cosmetic damage. Folks, you can stand some holes in your hostas and your whatever you have, as long as it doesn't get eaten to the nub mm-hmm. then and, that
0: Yeah. And managing versus controlling.
3: All right. Before you go, okay. you're going to be speaking on July 7th at Pesquase.
0: I am in Lake Bluff. Yay. <laughs> and I love coming down here. Always a good group of folks. So I hope I see a lot of you there in Lake Bluff. And I'm talking low-maintenance perennials for a beautiful landscape. And a lot of those are natives. We are talking about um, water and dealing with it. Yeah. And native plants really work the soil so we have better infiltration and absorption. So getting a good, beautiful garden... That's less maintenance that coexists with all those critters out there.
3: Yeah. You know, and I was just on Channel 7 on Monday talking about Chicago Excellence in Gardening Awards, and I brought in a bunch of native plants to encourage people to use these. One of the ones that I'm going to plant—now, this is not the perfect year for that—is prickly pear cactus. Oh, yeah. But it's native to this area.
0: 48 of our states, Mm -hmm. believe it or not. Yeah.
3: And it, you put that in your yard, people are going to go, what is that? Maybe that'll keep the chipmunks away.
0: (laughs) Look at Peggy. She's out there. Where did you buy that? I need a flat or two of that.
3: You cannot throw chipmunks onto the prickly pear cactus. They'll
0: probably eat around the spine. They'll probably just eat them. (laughs) Exactly.
3: All right. That's Melinda Myers. Go to MelindaMyers.com, M-Y-E-R-S. She's got a Facebook page. She's got all kinds of places. Thank you for being here with us. It's always fun to
0: work with you guys. Thanks and thanks to your listeners as well.
1: Captain's log, stardate four two three two six point one. The Enterprise is under attack by an apparently hostile life form. Mister Wolf, status report. They appear to be perambulating vegetables. We are being stalked by stalks of asparagus. That is incorrect, Mr. Warp. Mr. Data, be more specific. Asparagus officinalis, or killer asparagus, was the subject of a very popular 21st century tome by the brilliant author Mike Novak. Mike Novak. I'm familiar with his work. Of course. Attack of the Killer Asparagus is required reading at Starfleet Academy. Tell me more, Mr. Data. He has been variously compared to Mark Twain, Dave Barry, and Gwynok of Ninglador. Captain, shields are failing. Thank you, Mr. Wolf. Mr. Data, options. Captain, it seems to be available online at aroundtheblockpress.com. What do they have to say? Hmm. It appears that Mike Novak is a slapstick gardener, taking all our self-delusions, mishaps, and confusions and playing them for big laughs. That's not very helpful, Mr. Data. No, it is, however, highly accurate.
2: Welcome to the second hour of the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Call us with your questions and comments at 847-
1: A new secure line has been opened for communication. 877-711-5611. Now please make enjoy for second hour capitalist radio.
2: Here they are again. Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak.
3: All I need is good food healthy, wealthy, wide awake. Lettuce, tomatoes, root and bacon. What about those sweet potatoes? All I need is good foodie. All I need is good foodie. All I need is good tools. Welcome to back make to make the me. Mike Novak Show with grocery. Peggy Malecki. And um, I'm just realizing that in the, the, the second all hour today, to I probably won't get away with... <laughs>
5: Well, we might during Rick. Uh, yeah, we could
3: throw that in for Rick DeMaio. <laughs> uh, I think so. <laughs> if he give us, gives us another rain forecast, uh, then and I think he will. I think we're supposed to get yeah, some tomorrow. there's it? more,
5: more we, coming. Wow. And wow. We're, we're back live on Facebook at 1590 WCGO and the Mike Novak Show.
3: All right. So go to Facebook and, uh, and uh, fall asleep. Uh, no, I mean watch the show. Uh, what? uh, yesterday we went out to the Midwest Pond and Koi Society. They had their uh, annual event, the Koi Show and Trade Show, and is at The Max. The Max. In uh, McCook, Illinois. And uh, we, we had a great time. Yeah, we did. It was really fun, and we took a bunch of Facebook live videos. And one of them's got like fifteen hundred views already in less than twenty four hours. Go, go figure! It's it, and it's a guy. You go
5: watch it and go share it.
3: I know, and it's a guy <laughs> explaining the filtration system for his pot for ponds. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. Uh, should we give him? I don't have the, his, his card with me. Do you remember? It's Mike uh, Wine. It's. Uh... Southwest Koi. Southwest Koi. Out of New Lenox. Very good. And Mike was the guy. Wine Wineshank. Wineshank. Wow. You're good. See, I don't have those brain cells anymore. Those <laughs> those are, they've been gone for. Did I
5: walk my dog before I left this morning? Uh, uh,
3: did, did you? I yes, don't know. I did.
5: Yes, I did. But, so, if if you missed the show yesterday and you want to go see it, um, the Koi and Trade Show does run until 1 o'clock today. Yeah.
3: You can go out to the max. And it's free. Uh, it's free and you learn all about that. And then at the end of July, uh, they're going to have their uh, walks, their, their, their pond tours. Uh, there's four days of pond tours, 21st, 22nd, 28th and 29th. Um, of July, and uh, you can go to mpks.org to get all of that information, and so you get to see the koi as they are in people's yards. Mm-hmm. We heard really interesting stories. Speaking of rain, one of the stories we heard, and I'll make it real quick because we got other stuff here, uh, one of the guy Ed, who we interviewed was talking about... Ed I said, Burke. Uh, uh, He's the president. Not Burke. Ed Burke would be the Our city councilman. Ed Buck. <laughs> Buck. Ed Buck. Um, and um, you, you, you were on a roll there until you got to Burke. it oh, was uh, close. Yeah, you were. You were. It was close. Um, and he said that when we got like the three inches of rain this past week, he went out to his pond. He was going to bring some koi into the show, and he found they were spawning. And that's one of the things that happens when it rains. They, I don't know why, but, <laughs> but it rains three inches of rain, and the fish say— I think it was because the pH of the
5: water changed.
3: Yes. Time to lay eggs. Uh, so uh, that's Which, a,
5: in the world of competitive koi, that is not. That's
3: a, good a thing. big deal, OK. Um, and uh, in the uh, second part of the show, we're going to bring in Albert Edinger, uh, attorney, Cindy Skruckrud, uh clean water program director for the Illinois chapter of the Sierra Club. We're going to be talking about what's going on in the Chicago River mm-hmm. and Trump Tower downtown, and possible violations of the Clean Water Act.
5: But yes, one, raising... one more plug to do, though.
3: Okay. Chicago and that...
5: Excellence in Gardening Awards. Oh, yes, absolutely.
3: Um, uh, go ahead. Through I'll July
5: you... 7th. So, okay, now that our gardens are all going crazy <laughs> and look fabulous, earwigs or no, um, if you live in Chicago, now's the time. Chicago Excellence in Gardening Awards competition, go to chicagogardeningawards.org now through July 7th and enter free any type of garden. If you garden in Chicago, we want you in the contest.
3: Right. Could right. be
5: residential could be multi-unit residential, community gardens, senior homes,
3: urban farms. We're accepting urban farm categories this year and rain gardens, commercial rain, gardens, uh, uh, vertical gardens, uh, whatever you got, container gardens, uh, rooftop, anything, any of those things. Uh, if you're proud of your garden, enter it and and. Kathleen was one who said to me, she said, it says, the the name of it is Chicago Excellence in Gardening. And she said, maybe that scares some people off because they think their gardens need to be excellent. It needs to be excellent to you, okay? That's all that matters. It's like, do you like your garden? Are you proud of your garden? You should enter. You really should because you... You might win an award, and they have these lovely metal signs that go in the garden. You can pop it in your garden and and let your neighbors know that you're a fancy person.
5: And a really fun party at the end, too. Uh, Exactly.
3: Uh, Finally, last but not least, uh, this is not horticulture. This is not environment. um, This is something else, uh, because next Saturday, the 30th, activists are organizing a nationwide effort. This is June 30th to protest the Trump administration policy of separating families at the U.S.-Mexico border Uh, and and possibly elsewhere. Um, And I'm just calling it to people's attention because uh, there will be a lot of people marching in the streets. I'm going to be one of them. Um, Hashtag families belong together is is what you should find. You can go to um, move on. Dot org. You can go to Pantsuit Nation. You can just find that hashtag, Families Belong Together. Uh, if you just type in, I just typed in uh, into a search engine, June 30th, March, and everything came up. And it's going to be downtown in Chicago. It's going to be all over the country. But it's also going to be a daily plaza. Uh, and the reason I'm doing this is because I think it's important. doesn't have a whole lot to do with what we usually talk about on this show, but guess what? We're part of the world, too. And uh, I think people should be out there and make their voices heard. All right. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Speaking of that, we talk about clean water next. We hope you stick around for that. From boat
5: to doorstep.
3: This is Treekeeper number 417. Hydrated, loppers sharpened, and reporting that Openlands has Treekeeper summer and fall courses in 2018. Treekeepers are trained volunteers who advocate and care for nature's most majestic plants, trees, around the Chicago area. Trust me, you'll be glad you took the course. The summer course is Tuesdays and Thursdays in Arlington Heights. The fall course is Sundays and Thursdays at Wells Park in Chicago. To learn more, visit openlands.org slash treekeepers.
5: Did you grow an award winning garden last year? Yes. But did you receive an award for it? No. Well, then you didn't enter the Chicago Excellence in Gardening Awards competition when 46 great gardens from 26 city wards were honored. But fear not, Chicago gardeners, we're doing it again this year, starting right now, and we want you to enter your garden. Go to ChicagoGardeningAwards.org and fill out an application. It's free, and your garden might be recognized as one of the best in the city. We're looking for ornamental, vegetable, container, and specialized gardens, such as green roofs, walls, and rain gardens, community gardens, and new this year, urban farms. And did I mention it's free and presented in part by the Mike Novak Show, Natural Awakening Chicago, and some other pretty great organizations? Go to Chicago Excellence in Gardening Awards on Facebook or chicagogardeningwards.org and get your garden in the game.
7: You're listening to weekends on WCGO. Check out our Facebook live stream brought to you in part by our exclusive signage partner, Fast Signs of Lincolnwood, located at 3450 West Devon Avenue. Visit them on the web at fastsigns.com/80.
1: This is your talk.
9: And hey, this place is really something else, huh? Only on
1: 1590 WCGO, Evanston, Chicago.
3: Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We're going to take you to the river, uh, and we're very pleased to have in the studio environmental lawyer Albert Ettinger. And uh, you haven't been to the the new digs yet, Albert. You were with us at uh, Pirate Radio when we were there. Yeah,
7: that was a very interesting facility. Yes, it was. <laughs> you
3: know, for for, for for people of a certain age and a certain culture, that it was. It's actually very comfortable. This is more traditional here uh, at this outfit, but. Uh, we were happy to have you there, and you came in in person and sat in the studio with mm-hmm. us. And I don't even remember what we talked about. I, I, I've, I've got it someplace. Probably I've, had to do with water pollution. It quite, but it was two
5: years ago, May, yeah. and, and our other guest was also on the show. Uh, on at the, the same show time. with you
3: at the same time, and that's Cindy Struckrood, who is on the telephone right now, uh, and she's the Clean Water Program Director for the Illinois Chapter of the Sierra Club. Cindy, are you with us?
4: Yeah, good morning, Mike. Good morning, Peggy.
3: Good morning, Albert. I wish you could be here with us uh, in the the studio, but uh, I'm sure we're going to have a good conversation anyway. Um, And before we get, I I need to get silly stuff out of the way. It's not so silly. I I found out looking at your website, Albert, this is a scary thought. You and I were roaming the campus of the University of Michigan at exactly the same time. I... uh, you and I graduated the same year. And so uh, you stayed, and then you went to law school. I got the heck out of academia and said, uh, I'm not doing that anymore. But uh,
7: Well, maybe I was studying while you were roaming.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I think you were probably. I was at the radio station, okay? I was at the campus radio station. That's what I did because um, I thought I was going to be a rock and roll DJ. Um, and you were studying law, yeah, I thought I was going to be a lawyer.
5: <laughs> <laughs> and now there he's you. a rock and roll DJ. <laughs> yes,
3: there you go. Um and uh, Albert has been doing this a a, a long time uh for a, a while you were part of the Environmental Law uh and Policy Center. And um and uh and now you're you're on your own, but basically through it all you've been committed to clean water. Um that's Uh, That's a specialty that uh, it seems to me that there probably aren't a lot of people who are familiar with.
7: Yeah, actually, it's almost a family business. My father worked on water pollution Hmm. as a chemical engineer beginning before World War II. Hmm. So, uh, actually, we're coming up to the anniversary of the Great Cuyahoga Fire. And when I was young, my father said, well, the Cuyahoga, which caught fire outside Cleveland... Well, it's bad, but it's actually not the most polluted water in the Midwest. He said the Grand Calumet outside of Chicago was worse aha
3: okay well now we ha- we have everything in perspective
5: <laughs> and and for those who don't know that anniversary
7: <laughs> yes, well, fifty years ago the well it was uh i guess uh sixty nine the uh it'll be next year, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the Cuyahoga River caught fire, which sort of was the Literally, the spark that uh, led to uh, amendments to the Federal Water Pollution mm-hmm. Control Act. What those amendments are, what we now call the Clean Water Act, which I guess brings us to where we are today regarding the Clean Water Act and the Chicago River. It's every every
3: generation has a breaking point, I guess, and that that was the breaking point. And right. and some of us are old enough to remember that. And of course, I grew up in Detroit, so all part of the rust belt and we all we sort of commiserate all the the rust belt cities
7: commiserate with each other. Well, the River Rouge was quite impressive in Detroit, yes. through and there actually there's a lot of been at work like we're trying to have the Chicago River recover and there's all sorts of good things going on in the Chicago River that no one would have imagined 50 years ago. Uh, the River Rouge is making a comeback too, I'm told, although I know about that much less, but they're they're seeing fish and birds and other things in the River Rouge that they haven't seen for a long hmm. time there. Well, I'm so glad you mentioned that. Yes.
3: Being from Detroit, I know about the River Rouge and uh, they paved it over some 50 years ago. It's it's one of those rivers like in L.A. where you, you pave it and then to channel it. And it was a source of uh, a lot of pollution. And I'm glad to hear that it's coming back somewhat so there every city has uh their river like that so let's take us to the chicago river which uh has a history uh sort of a checkered history as mm-hmm. well uh and only in the past few decades have we begun to really appreciate um the magnificence of this river um uh, maybe uh who wants to start with this i was thinking cindy maybe you could uh outline what the issue is, because the Illinois chapter of the Sierra Club is one of the entities that is uh, suing Trump Tower, the Chicago Trump International Hotel and Tower, for practices on the Chicago River. Can you explain what the problem is?
4: Yeah, Mike. So, you know, kind of just going back to the conversation you and Albert were just having about improving rivers, you know, besides... People getting out and enjoying the the Chicago River more, out boating and paddling. Um, we've really seen an increase in the number of, of fish that are now living in the river. You know, back in the 70s, that there, there it was down to about 10 species of fish that could live in the
9: mm-hmm. in the
4: Chicago River, and you know now we're up to you know 76 species that were found there in 2016, wow. and we've also Besides the different kinds of fish that we've seen, we've also seen a dramatic increase in the number of fish living living in the river. So those are all great signs of, a you know, a, a improving Chicago River. And, you know, so then one of the things that we want to be doing is um, protecting those fish from um, any pollution and any other things that, that that might impact them. And so that gets to the issue of the fact that we have a lot of a lot of buildings downtown that draw cooling water from draw water from the Chicago River to cool their buildings. So they draw the water in and then they they use it in cooling systems in their building and then they, they send it out. And we at the Sierra Club, Albert and I and Sierra Club volunteers kind of routinely look at um, public notices when the Illinois EPA is going to renew a permit for any facility that, that's um, discharging to, to waters in Illinois. And in doing so, that's when we saw this public notice come up for the um, Trump Tower and to renew their permit, and we read through their notice, and said, hmm, this is interesting. They were supposed to uh, do this study under their current permit that would take a look at what are the impacts of their um, withdrawals on, on fish and other life in the river. And we said, they didn't do the study. And now Illinois EPA is giving them another three years to get this study done. Wow. And, you know, so basically they were violating their violating their permit.
3: Can I can I ask a question? Why if somebody is a scofflaw, you give them an extra 3 years, uh, a little slap on the wrist and say, "Hey guys,
7: come on, really, would you would you please do this?" Why Albert, how why did they get away with this? Well, first of all, IEPA and and I, I, they've IEPA's got a lot of good people and I don't want to I don't want to pound on them because yes, it's the really Il- Illinois. Environmental the Protection. Illinois Environmental Protection Agency has a lot of good people. They've been underfunded and they're not really supported by the current governor very well. Uh, but they were proceeding under the wrong regulations was part of the problem. Uh, but it's also worse than you were saying in terms of giving them more time and being a scuff law. They're actually recidivist. They opened in 2008 without having a permit at all they were caught by iepa for violating or operating without a permit for 3 years so then they they paid a $46,000 fine you know quarter a second income shot to hell cuz you know that's it's a joke so of course then they got a, they got a new permit uh and then they violated their new permit after having oh. after proceeding without a permit they then proceeded to violate their new permit there's another little catch in here while between when they first applied for the permit and then they got an initial permit that was based on a much smaller intake than they originally had they made a little mistake it turned out they were taking a thousand times more water than they thought they were now oops that's what they say i mean i i they say it was a mistake i i don't I don't have any way to yeah. They go say, behind they that. Say
4: they were They were misreading their instruments. by mm-hmm. a they were factor of a thousand.
7: Misreading their instruments by a factor of a thousand. So it they, happens to me all the time. Yeah, I know. I I look at my <laughs> wallet. I think I've got a thousand dollars, and I've only got one, <laughs> or vice versa. You know, but and I, I so I guess that's I guess that's what the, the, so, the so how much Trump water are they using? Uh, about twenty million yeah. gallons per day. Wow. They're sucking through. And so the the problem there is it's, they call we call it entrainment or impingement, which are glorious ways of saying that the the fish die when they get hit on the screen, mm-hmm. or they get sucked through the building and they die that way. Yikes! And so that's that's the basic problem. And what we're trying to do through these laws is minimize that yeah. to the extent possible. Now we're not saying every fish is sacred, but you want to try. And minimize the damage to the environment from operating structures like this. And is that's
5: it, all water for cooling the building. It's being returned to the river.
7: It's being returned to the river. Now it's being returned warmer than it mm-hmm. came by about thirty-five
3: degrees, yeah. is what uh, I,
7: I read. You, that's open to debate. Yeah, that's going to vary by year and right. by the time. But, but, but it's but a that it's affect, a prop that affects the heat yeah. discharge. Now. Uh, you know, we worry about this sort of thing most with power plants because power plants can suck, you know, 400 million gallons per day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but here we we've, we've got a building in a in an area which doesn't really have much flow, and it's right in the center of places. In fact, uh, ironically, with the other client here, his friends the Chicago River, they were holding a fishing event across the street, almost from this, because we're so we're really trying to restore the fishery in the Chicago river and having people violate the law certainly doesn't help. Okay. So, uh, at some point,
3: what stuns me, Cindy, was the idea that, People like you and, and groups like yours have to wade through these papers and hope they come across something like this. They catch something that somebody else didn't, uh, and and thank goodness that we have watchdogs like you who are, are doing this kind of work. But that's just a terrible way to have to operate. It seems to me that that it's this is how you miss things. Mm-hmm. It's, it's quite possible you would have never found this, or you might have found it a decade from now. It's 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 uh, it, it's hard to say.
4: Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I think the other the other thing that really strikes me about this is that Albert and I work a lot with municipal officials who who operate um, wastewater treatment plants. So they need these types of discharge permits. And I can tell you for from experience that those public officials are very conscious of the fact that they need to follow all the conditions in their permit they they're very careful they don't want to be violating their permit so it's just really disappointing when you see a commercial entity that basically just you know is ignoring the requirements that have been been put on them you know and ignore them to the point of, as as albert pointed out that to to start off they didn't even get the permit they needed and and got caught by the <laughs> illinois epa in wow. that case
3: uh, and, and according to the, the TRIB article that came out this week, and we posted it on our show page, and I've got it on my website, you can read more about this issue at net. I've got some appropriate links that you'll find interesting. According to that, most of the other buildings uh, along the river uh, are are adhering to the law. The, the the and and not very many of them take in as much water as Trump Tower, but the others are actually um,
7: uh, not breaking the law. Is that correct, correct, Albert? Well, as far as we know, uh, we you know <laughs> okay, and yeah. well we hard we, to tell. It's 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 somewhat hard to tell, but yes, it, it looks like the other buildings are are trying to follow the law. Uh, so I, I just want to make clear, you know. We're not picking on this building because of its name. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're picking on its on this building because it's the one that we found had serious violations. And it just happens to be a coincidence. But the problem – here's the problem. Here's well, the I don't problem. know. I wouldn't go that far. Uh, <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> well <laughs> – I mean it's not a coincidence that the people who operate under that name would violate the law.
3: Well, that's my question. <laughs> that, that, that is the question I want to bring up is that uh, – are you not surprised that this, and does it doesn't go all the way to the top? And as they say, does the fish rot from the head? That
7: sort and, of thing.
5: And wasn't the Clean Water Act one of the acts that uh, he wanted to go away? Let's put it that way.
7: Well, uh, he, first of all, I, I do want to point out there's no evidence whatsoever no. that the president no. has, has no, looked no, at no, the no. air conditioning no, no, no. system no. in this the building. administration as a whole. But I will say there has been talk about weakening the regulations on water intakes and that's to help the fossil fuel business. Yeah. And, and and
3: and again, I'm I'm just saying that this is not good optics. If you happen to be the president of the United States and you own a building that is in violation of the Clean Water Act on the Chicago River, uh I just that's all I'm saying about this. And so that's not your job your job is to look at the violation mm-hmm. take it to court and see if you can get a judgment on this and, and we get it have fixed. A, right and we have just a few seconds here so when we come back that's where i want to focus on is is how we move forward with the, uh, on this and, Albert, you mentioned to me uh, during the week that there are other matters that uh, you're taking a look at in terms of water quality in the Chicago area, mm-hmm. and we'll get to those, too. That's Albert Ettinger, attorney, and we also have Cindy Scrookrude on the phone from the Clean Water Program uh, at Illinois Chapter of the Sierra Club. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki, and we'll be right back.
9: Want to have a healthier, more eco-friendly Green Diva Kitchen? In a Green Diva Minute, you'll learn more and be on your way to living a deeper shade of green. The main characteristics of a Green Diva kitchen are that it produces delicious food, is healthy, eco-friendly, and low stress. Let's start by using more dish towels and cloth napkins because paper products make up one-third of municipal waste. Buying bulk dry goods saves money and reduces waste. Please recycle more. An estimated 80% of what Americans throw away is recyclable, Yet, our recycling rate is only 28%. Consider composting. It's easier than you think, and even if you live in an urban area, there are often municipal composting programs. And, of course, always try to buy local and organic food whenever possible. I'm Green Diva Meg. Listen to over 500 Green Divas podcasts and learn lots of low-stress ways to live a deeper shade of green at thegreendivas.com.
3: Whether it's March, July, September, or December, if you're a gardener, any time of year is perfect for a subscription to Chicagoland Gardening Magazine. It's the garden magazine for our region and one of the best gardening magazines in the country. Every issue features spectacular photos, articles by noted horticultural authorities, nursery owners, state extension agents, master gardeners, and more. There are columns like Ask the Garden Pros, regional reports, what to do in the garden, and even my column on the inside backpack of every issue. I make up stuff and they pay me for it. Go figure. Chicagoland Gardening Magazine, a publication of state-by-state gardening magazines on newsstands everywhere. But go to ChicagolandGardening.com and get a subscription. If you're in other parts of the Midwest or the South, try one of the 21 magazines in those regions by going to StateByStateGardening.com or call 888-265-3600 888-265-3600 Tune in to Chicago History and
8: Automotive Heaven Sundays at 12 noon with Richie Z right here on WCGO AM
2: 1590. Burn on Big River. Burn on,
3: Burn on
2: Big River.
3: and that is Randy Newman that uh uh Albert Edinger referred to who Albert Edinger referred to earlier in the program in this song based on the fire on <laughs> the Cuyahoga River in Ohio uh back it would you say 68 was it i think it was 69
7: 69 yeah uh you wanted to make a correction Albert well it's a it's a legal one but it's important um We have not actually sued the Trump International. We have sent them a 60-day notice Mm -hmm. letter. Under the Clean Water Act, I have to send out a letter as a citizen group Mm -hmm. 60 days before I can bring suit. And this gives the EPA or the attorney general 60 days to sue. It also theoretically gives Trump Tower 60 days to do something to either talk us out of it or (laughs) conceivably bring themselves into correction with the law. Mm -hmm. Do you see that happening? Uh no. Okay. Well I I don't know what this the, the government at least will yeah. do. They they I would hope that if they do come in that they'll ask for a much greater penalty than forty six thousand dollars, which uh doesn't buy you much uh, these days, uh, certainly as to a multi-billion dollar corporation. Right.
3: And I would imagine that since, you know, you you haven't even filed suit, you're just issuing notice.
7: Notice of intent.
3: Of yeah. intent, yes. Um,
7: there are probably some things you don't want to talk about. What can you talk about in terms of the suit? Well, one thing I can tell talk about is we don't send out these letters lightly. So uh, there probably will be a suit unless something happens. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, we... I, I, we put down in the letter everything I've told you here is public record. We got it out of the Freedom of Information Act from IEPA. Uh, there's, no, there's, there's no secrets here that, we, that I've disclosed. Right, and
5: this letter is publicly available online. The letter
7: is publicly available online. It's been sent to Scott Pruitt and, uh, and the company and, mm-hmm. and everyone else.
3: Uh, and I notice that you're al- you're also working with the uh, Abrams Environmental Law Clinic at the University of Chicago Law School.
7: Yes, the U of C Law School has been very helpful, and they've worked with us in a number of cases like this. Uh, we, you know, as Cindy indicated, we read permits. We sometimes have to bring permit appeals, mm-hmm. but also we look to see if people are violating their permits. Mm-hmm. And we've, you know, over the years... Uh, Abrams Environmental Law Clinic has helped us bring, uh, you know, send out other 60 day notice letters and bring other cases uh, regarding Clean Water Act violations. Yeah.
5: So what ideally would be the steps they need to take to remediate
7: this and to fix it? Well, I don't really know yet because, first of all, they haven't done the studies they were supposed okay, to so do. So they need to do a study. The, the problem was... Under the law, there was a bunch of things they were supposed to have done before they built their intake. Now, I don't know whether they did them, given that they haven't proceeded very well. Otherwise, I'd be surprised if they just happened to have built a proper intake. Mm-hmm. Uh, this might get expensive for them because there were things they were supposed to have done before they opened in 2008. I, I don't know. I have no – You know. I don't know what went in. Um, I suspect there are some people at the Trump Tower scratching their head and trying to figure out what studies they need to do Mm -hmm. and what retrofits they might have to make as to things that should have been done 10 years ago.
3: And Cindy Skruckrude is on the phone with us as well, Clean Water Program Director for the Illinois chapter of the Sierra Club. Cindy, uh, you might not be able to answer this question, but you guys found out about the problem via documents. Is it possible that there's physical examination that you could do on site is is this is this discernible from the chicago river itself
4: yeah it's interesting that you asked that question mike because i was walking down the river walk the other day trying to take a look too but it's you know these these intakes are below the water level so you can't can't really see what's going on and you know the big you know Besides the fact that the folks at the Trump Tower didn't do this up front like they were supposed to, and then didn't provide the information to Illinois EPA within six months, as was required in their current permit, you know, we just know very little about what's going on after when they went into, after they submitted to renew the permit, which is why we happened to see a a public notice, we could see in the public notice that, you know, after the fact, they sent very little information to the Illinois EPA about how their systems operate. So we really just, you know, just at this point, just, you know, we can't answer any questions about what's going on at this facility because so little information has been provided. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we have kind of a sketchy idea of what's going on, but clearly they haven't provided the things that need to be provided under the rules that are designed to protect fish from being trapped and sucked into these water <laughs> intakes. And, and we've seen that other facilities have, you know, been much more, uh, you know, have put together the materials that they're required to put together under the
3: law. Well, once again, uh, and this is, a, for some reason, a big issue in Chicago is transparency.
4: Mm-hmm. It's
3: it's a, a matter of transparency. How do you how do you get that information and and is it readily forthcoming? So uh, this is just one of the issues that we're dealing with. And and to be sure, you know you're working, Cindy, with the uh, uh, Friends of the Chicago River, the uh, Illinois Sierra Club gets together, uh, and and you guys discuss this. And and I I hope that folks aren't out there thinking that organizations like yours are just all they want to do is sue people. Um, I'm I'm sure that's pretty much the last thing you you really want to do. You you would hope that people um, are paying attention to our laws. Uh, but uh, can you talk about your collaboration a little bit?
4: Yeah, well, you know, certainly we work we work with Friends of the Chicago River and a number of other groups that are really concerned about water quality in the Chicago area. You know. You know, we do these, you know, nerdy things about keeping track of permits and commenting on them, but we also, you know, we also try and work to keep a better eye on what's going on in the river. Uh, We have, for Sierra Club, we have what's called our Chicago Water Team, and those are volunteers who actually go out and monitor water quality, um, On the front of the Chicago River side, they've been very involved with um, improving habitat on the river. Working with the Illinois DNR to stock fish in the river. So we, you know, besides all the fish that are just naturally coming back to the river, the DNR has been been stocking the river with um, with things like native channel catfish. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we certainly try to. Collaborate with everyone that's you know working to you know working to make this you know really the Chicago second second waterfront. We you know we want want people to be out enjoying and appreciating the, the river. Yeah,
3: and we talked uh, earlier in the year with John Quayle from Friends of the Chicago River, who stood right in here in the mm-hmm. studio and talked about the improvements that have been made yeah, and it's,
5: all the fish and uh,
3: that have been added and and um, how remarkable the comeback is. Uh, so. That's one issue. Before we go, though, Albert, uh, there are other things that you're concerned about in terms of water quality in the Chicago area.
7: Perhaps you want <laughs> to get your greatest hits here. Oh, well, I mean, uh, there are a number of problems. We And, I mean, probably the biggest issue right now is the combined sewer overflows. Uh I talk about CSO in this case means more than Chicago Symphony Orchestra. And this combined sewer overflows uh, don't don't sound very good at all. They are basically untreated runoff. Sewage and other things that get into the river under heavy rains. Now, the deep tunnel is supposed to address some of that, but there's still going to be a lot of combined sewer overflows. So that's a major issue. Um, we're working on other types of pollutants. Uh, Last time I was here, I might have been talking about our lawsuit with the Water Reclamation District. We've resolved that. Uh, I believe and, it was. I think that's that was in 2016 we were talking. W- we've resolved that, and we're working together now to try and address the phosphorus problem or the, the effect of phosphorus pollution in the Chicago River and the waters downstream from that. There's a lot of other things, though, that we call emerging pollutants, which are a big concern. Some of these are endocrine disruptors. There's all sorts of chemicals that come in. You may have heard about the the fish that are affected, uh, male fish developing uh, eggs and other problems. And then another, of course, emerging problem, I don't know whether they're technically considered an emerging pollutant or not, is plastics. There's a great deal of concern in the Great Lakes, the oceans, of course, but also in the rivers about what all the plastic is doing Mm -hmm. that's coming into the waters. And those are the... Those are the major issues. I would say nutrients, emerging pollutants, the CSOs. These are things that are affecting our local waters now, and we're Cindy and I and other groups are working on them. I'd say that you know there's a focus now on sort of the high-profile things that the Trump administration is doing wrong on the environment, and and obviously those are problems. What I'm most worried about is the fact that. US EPA and other people are not getting the support to do the day in and day out work that they need to do, to to work on these not so high profile uh, subjects. I'm, you know, is is somebody at US EPA now going to be in a position to stand up and say, you know, this permit is wrong, or we've got to do more about this type of pollution? I don't think so. That's that, and, and you're not even going to see that. There's going to be. There's not going to be a headline about the water quality standard that wasn't passed or the objection to a permit that wasn't made. Mm -hmm. I was just looking at our history.
3: uh, And before we go and hang on, Cindy, I'm going to give you a second to, to tell people where they can go to help on these issues. But, Albert, what we were talking about in 2016 was starved rock and a court case you lost Yes, uh, and uh, it, if you want me to rant about that, I can <laughs> do that. Uh, I, I rant about it enough on my on my show <laughs> it was, here. It was a
5: bad day for Starved Rock. It
3: was a bad day at Starved Rock, um, and uh, that yeah. The, so we're always fighting water quality issues here, okay. uh, Cindy. If folks want to get involved with the Illinois chapter of the Sierra Club, how do they do that?
4: Yeah, that would be great. So, um, fo- I would suggest people go to our website, which is sierraclub.org slash Illinois. And then if you're really interested in water issues, go under, we have a tab there that says Our Work, and then if you go under that, um, you can get to and see all the work that we're specifically doing on water. You can just give us a call at the office. Um, you can go to Facebook is as well. 312
3: Yeah. All right, and that's what I would suggest. As for Albert, you can't afford him, but uh, uh, maybe I can.
4: Thank, Thank
3: you guys for being on the show today. Really appreciate it.
2: Have you ever walked into a hair salon and been overwhelmed by the smell of chemicals?
6: This is your talk. We're going to be here for a long
1: time. Only on 1590 WCGO. Evanston, Chicago.
3: Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Uh, we've still got Albert Edinger in the studio here, and Rick DeMaio is uh, on the phone. You know uh, who did this song, right, Rick?
10: Um, give me a few more bars. Women,
3: There's a good bars for, for you right there. Is, is there an A? <laughs> no, there's not an A. Oh, in there. Wrong,
10: wrong game show. Sorry about that. Uh,
3: <laughs> Can you buy a vowel? <laughs> you, want, you want a vowel. That's Mungo Jerry. Uh, uh,
10: you're um, correct. Yeah, there I is no A. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't have my encyclopedia, Wikipedia, musicology um, uh, chip in my brain this morning. Sorry about that.
3: Uh, I want to introduce you to Albert Edinger, uh, who's an environmental lawyer who, who deals with clean water issues and has been doing that. For about forty years, uh wow yeah,
10: you know, I'm sure he's not pleased about the current direction of the e p a area Al.
3: no, I am not <laughs> uh <laughs> and and we were just talking uh, you probably heard some of it about the overflow situation uh in the chicago area which which also yeah. causes a problem and you you were- right. fo- following that this week and sent us emails about the wettest what this is the wettest year ever well what do you what do we have
10: um Mike, oddly enough, I, I am alive talking to you from the south end of Gilson Beach, which, as you know, is up in Wilmette and is mm-hmm. right up against the Wilmette Locks, where a lot of that stormwater uh, is basically discharged into Lake Michigan. So, oddly enough, I didn't plan it that way, but I went for a bike ride this morning, and this is where I am. So, yeah, in a strange way, I'm basically looking at uh, where the Wilmette Locks kind of meet up with Lake Michigan. and I don't know if the Metropolitan Water Reclamation District, I haven't gotten any of those um, overnight emails from Deborah Shore, who's one of the more um, outgoing, spoken uh, you know, proponents of clean water. Um, I don't think they did any discharge into the lake because most of the heavy rain was essentially outside of the Des Plaines River and Chicago River watershed. But that may change this coming Monday night and Tuesday night. But, um, yeah, as you were alluding to, so far, uh, through the first, if you want to call it, five and three-quarter months of the year, we're now at 25.69 inches officially on the airfield, and that makes it the wettest period up until this point, from the 1st of January to the 21st of uh, June, and it's not stopping anytime soon. Hmm.
3: Yikes. Uh, and and if you know anything about average rainfall in Chicago, and and lately it it has varied quite a bit, but traditionally, yeah. traditionally our our average rainfall is around thirty five inches. So uh, right
10: for for the year, we're we're basically running about ten degrees above normal. So uh, if we continue on this path, we're talking about fifty five to sixty inches because we haven't even hit the wettest time of the year yet which is typically the middle to second half of August.
5: Yeah. yeah. Uh, And last year we had those heavy rains in July.
10: That's right, Peg. Yeah, we had several bouts of rain that basically skewed across the northern suburbs. Now, granted, that that total uh, that I mentioned is for O'Hare, and I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago. O'Hare came in with the wettest month of May ever, But again, that's because we had several bouts of rain that basically went right over the rain gauge. If you look at the state of Illinois, on average for the month of May, out of the top 100, uh, it was 53. And that's mainly due to the fact that the southern half of the state has been rather dry. So oftentimes you have to be really careful about looking at just one point, particularly when it comes Mm -hmm. to rainfall, and sometimes with snow as well, but rain I think is skew the numbers a little bit. Uh, But then you can argue that, okay, now we skewed it towards Rockford. Uh, Rockford over the last week had nearly eight to 10 inches of rain uh, and literally up to almost a foot of rain for the month of June. So if you look at just the months of May and the months of June, you're looking at nearly a foot and a half of rain in the southern third of Wisconsin and the northern third of Illinois. In any way you slice it, we are living in the third most populated metropolitan area in the United States. So we are literally at the tipping point. As nice as it is right now, if we get an additional, say, two to three inches in a very short period of time, and Pig brought up last July, which was, I think, more like a six to eight inch rain event, you're looking at potential catastrophic flooding. And the question is, is the city ready for it? Is the Metropolitan Water Reclamation ready for it? I think they are. And are you looking at additional stormwater? going into this area where I am right now, Gilson Beach, which most likely could easily be closed on a nice sunny day. And as you know, we haven't had a lot of nice sunny days recently. No,
3: no, today is uh, an anomaly. It's uh, be such a beautiful day.
5: I think he needs the golf clap there, Randall.
3: Yeah, give him the golf clap for the nice sunny day. It's for you, Rick.
10: <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm tired of using my Stratocumulus sunscreen for the last uh, week and a half around here.
3: Yeah. Uh, so uh, this is the kind of thing that uh, Albert keeps an eye out for, but you do too. And, and you mentioned that there might be more rain in the next couple of days. What's that all about?
10: Yeah, and, and, and this is the pattern that is really quite odd when you get these large-scale what we call synoptic scale systems, things that literally cover a thousand miles from a standpoint of of lift and and thermal gradients, and then you induce tropical moisture into it, you don't get large-scale, widespread rain, you get large-scale, widespread, moderate rain, but then you get these pockets of extremely heavy rain, and then what begins to happen is after two, three, and four events like this, you go holy smoke, we're not only in a wet pattern, but a potentially flooding pattern. And these things kind of creep up on you. And next thing you know, you're looking at farm fields and you're going, woo, we were just rated at 80% excellent for crops um, from a standpoint of corn and soybean. And then you get into the third and fourth week of June and you start to see, you know, basically the time when the plants go through their germination process um, and you're flooded out. And next thing you know, you're looking back at, like what we had in the, in the in the summer of 93 and the summer of 2008 and as you can see also when you combine that with some of these dumb tariffs that the president is opposing and and China is basically retaliating from a political standpoint farmers could actually lose up to 630 million dollars in the state of Iowa alone on soybeans and now you combine a catastrophic weather event and that number could easily quadruple in and out of a couple of weeks
3: and that's, that's what I like about what you do is you put it in perspective in terms of weather having real uh, consequences uh, to people's lives, to their businesses, mm-hmm. and, and that, that can happen. You're not saying it's going to happen, but we have to keep an eye out for that, don't we?
10: Yeah, yeah. It, it's kind of like saying, okay, my, my tires have 5,000 miles of life on them, but I'm going to go on a 20,000-mile road trip and hope for the best. That's not how you. That's not how you play around with uh, with the future, especially when it comes to agriculture. And from a standpoint of how we are heading into the month of July, even though we're going to get back in the hot and humid weather, uh, pretty much by the end of next week, eh, it still doesn't look like we break this pattern overall. So it still looks like somewhat wet conditions around here for at least the next uh, next one to two weeks. After that, we'll see what happens. But the bottom line. We have nearly 24 different rain gauges across northern Illinois and southern Wisconsin that are at moderate flooding. Now, granted, those numbers could come down a little bit, but, but the pattern the pattern is that type of pattern that you get any sort of 3- or 4-inch rain event, and next thing you know, you have flooding conditions, and as we all know with flooding – it happens in a hurry, but man, by the time the water goes down, it can easily be a week to sometimes ten days, particularly in your in your agricultural region.
3: Yeah. All right. Well give us that forecast then for the next week.
10: Yeah, sure. So a lot of sunshine today. When Peg drives home to Highland Park, she'll notice a fog bank coming in off the lake. Visibility may actually drop to a couple of hundred feet. It's pretty interesting. Lake breezes kicked in, so Upper 70s right along, say low 70s along the lakefront, 80 inland, and then rain arrives tomorrow, continues into Tuesday, probably about an inch and a half to three inches is wow. what we'll get. And then hot, human weather for Wednesday, actually Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday with temperatures in the 90s. So we will dry out by the end of the week, but over the next 36 to 72 hours, more rain expected. Enjoy the day today. It looks great, guys.
3: Wow. All right. Thanks, Rick. Thanks, Rick. Uh, have a, a nice bike ride. We'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. Alright, well, want to thank everybody on the show today Melinda Myers, Albert Ettinger, Cindy Scruckrude, and of course uh, Rick DeMaio, Ellie, and Randall, Randall and they uh, they get a, a laugh track <laughs> Until next time, go green or go home uh,
2: Stadler? Yeah, uh, what? Is that it? Yes, it's over How'd you like it?
9: I don't know I slept through the whole thing Well, you didn't miss much <laughs>